Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. I'm excited um, for today. It's so good to have you all here. I know many people, they only come to church on Easter. Uh, and I, I kind of get why, you know, I, I read the main reasons why people don't like going to church. They say, I don't like church because it's really, really judgmental. And I want you to know, unfortunately, there are some churches that are very, very judgmental. But the good news is you're not in one of those churches today. Yeah. Maybe you are. I don't know. You're supposed to have my back on that. You're not one of those churches today. Yeah. Some people don't like going to church. They say, no, it's boring. You just learn stuff. The pastor's preaching stuff. He's answering questions that nobody is asking. And I've been to church services like that. But I got good news. We're not one of those services today. And, uh, you know, the, there, there's a lot of reasons. They say it's boring. You learn things that don't apply to everyday life and that people are judgmental. I do know this. There's no such thing as a perfect church. And if there was, the moment me and you walked in, it's gone. But the good news is I do believe there is a church that's perfect for everyone. You believe that today? And uh, I'm excited to have you here. I want to just start off by saying if you've had a bad experience with a church, with a pastor, with a Christian, if some of you have given up on God because of a human being, I just feel like the Lord wanted me to apologize to you. And he wanted to let you know that even the greatest parents on the earth sometimes have crazy kids. And God is no different. You ever met a good, come on, you ever met, met good parents? And you're like, dude, they have some crazy kids. Some of my friends growing up, I'm like, dude, how did you get so screwed up? Your parents are awesome. But I want you to know that God is no different. That he is a perfect heavenly father, but he's got some crazy kids. The truth is, though, those weird kids, they were weird before they believed. Some people were weird before they were Christians. So don't blame Christianity on their weirdness. Can I get an amen? It's like, is this church or is this Ripley's Believe It or Not? I want to encourage you that God is a good God. And uh, like anywhere in the world, if you look for the bad, you can find it. But if you look for the good, you'll also find it. Saying you don't go to church because they're screwed up people is like saying, I don't eat because sometimes people get food poisoning. It's like, dude, I'm, gonna, I'm rolling the dice. Okay? I, I got food poisoning at Jack in the Box before. Listen, I'm coming back. Okay? Those tacos, I don't know what's in them. They're not good for you. But once a year, they are calling my name. It's funny, in the church world, it's the only environment that people have a bad experience they get sick once, and they say, I'm never eating again. If you get food poisoning from a restaurant, you know what you do? You don't go there again. I want to encourage you, if you've gotten spiritual food poisoning from a church, from a cult, from something going on in the earth, stop eating there. But keep eating somewhere. Is that a good spot for an amen? I feel something in here today. You guys ready to have a good time? Hey, here at Oceans Church, I want to be very honest with you. We tell the truth. We speak the truth in love. We believe all of the Bible, all 66 books. And uh, we're really excited. We believe that God is moving, that he has a plan, he has a purpose. I believe in the resurrection. I believe in the Holy Spirit. We are a seeker-sensitive, spirit-led church. Can I get a good witness in here? We believe that what Jesus did in Galilee, he still does in Orange County today. Y'all with me? So we're going to have a good time. Uh, here at Oceans, we get a little bit fired up sometimes. We'll clap. We'll say amen. We agree, but we're not obnoxious. Can I get a witness? There's a difference. 
And so I want to encourage you today to lean in. I've, I've noticed that when you go to a sporting event and the crowd gets behind the platform, the platform goes higher. Somehow in sports, we get it. In church, we lose it. Why do we lose our voices at sporting events that entertain, but we keep our voices in church services that can transform us forever? We're going to meet with God today. If you believe it, can I get a hearty amen? If you believe that we can have a God encounter today, come on, you really believe it? Come on, tell your face you're happy today. Come on, we're going to do it. It's going to be a good day. So here at Oceans, every week, I know that we're celebrating Easter, but for us, every Sunday is Easter. We celebrate the resurrection, come on, 52 weeks a year. Someone's like, how many weeks are in a year? There's 52. I'm so glad that you're here. I do, I do apologize. Uh, I have a sense of humor, and so if that offends you in church, you might not like Ocean's Church. There's other churches out there for you. I'm excited that you're here, though. If you have your Bible, I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 28 today. I believe that God speaks through his word. Who believes that? 14 people believe. Who believes God still speaks through the Bible? So Orange County, we're going to open up to Matthew 28. We're going to read 10 verses. Everything I teach on is connected to these 10 verses. And I believe that God was going to confirm that this is his word. This is his message by some of you being physically healed, emotionally healed, some of you people being set free. Some of you that said, I would never believe in God, even if he was my only option. I believe the same sun that hardens clay melts butter. And I believe that today he's going to soften some hearts. Can I get a good amen? Some of you don't believe because you're like, how could a good God let bad things happen to good people? I'm coming to answer that today. Some of you say, Mark, if God was so good, why is there evil in the world? I'm coming to answer that today. You know what we all have in common? I don't care what you vote, which way you vote. I don't care where you grew up, what language is your native tongue, what the color of your skin is. You know what we all have in common? When you were born, all of us between whatever you were born and now have wondered about our origins, where have I come from? Our origins, where, where do we come from? Meaning, what is the purpose of life? Is it the Orange County dream, whoever dies with the most toys wins? Is that it? Is it competing with the Joneses? Is it buying things with money you don't have to impress people you don't even like? That's not it. What is the purpose? What is the meaning of life? Jesus answers that. What is, what is morality? What's right? What's wrong? Why is it somehow hardwired into every human soul that hurting kids is wrong? Genocide is wrong. Why, even if you don't acknowledge God, why in the world do we all feel the same right and wrong consciousness? I want to talk about a little bit of that today. And I want to talk about destiny. What happens after the grave? Because quite frankly, once a year, many of you guys think about eternity, but you think every day about your 401ks. I want to remind you that 401ks are a maybe, eternity is for certain. Last time I checked, mor uh, mortality rates, they hover right around 100%. Y'all ready to go today? If you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 28, if you're there, say I'm there. So excited. This is going to be a great Sunday. Uh, I want to welcome my little sister just moved here from Idaho to be a part of Ocean's Church. I love you, Kaylee. I'm so proud of you. Matthew 28, it says, now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene, it says, and the other Mary came to the see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. What kind of earthquake? Must have been in Southern California. Tough crowd. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. He sat on it. His countenance was like lightning. Can we just stop there? That is a really cool description. I'm just like, I'm excited to see angels in heaven because like, what does lightning look like when you can keep watching it? 
His clothes were as white as snow, and the guards shook. I would, I would, I'm, not, I'm just going to use my imagination. They probably did more than shook. There's probably an underwear change that needed to take place at some point. They became like dead men, the Bible says. And the angel said to the women, notice the angel gave no love to the guards. He let them be afraid. But he told the women, do not be afraid. Guards, keep peeing. Do not be afraid. He says, I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Here, he is not here. He is risen. As he said. Come and see. What do he say? Say it in the back. Or don't. That was a cryptic way of saying come and see. Y'all ready? Say it one more time all together. There it is. We redeemed ourselves. And, and see the place where the Lord did lay. And go quickly. How fast? Quickly. Tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Tell him what? That he's risen. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. So the angel said that they're going to see him in Galilee. And he says, I've told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. They ran with fear and great joy to bring the disciples word. And as they went, as they didn't even make it to Galilee, it, to the disciples, behold, Jesus met them. I think because they were, I think they're out of breath. I think that's why Jesus met them early. He's like, if they keep running like this, they're going to have a heart attack. So he met them on the road and he said, rejoice. So they came and they held him by the feet and they worshiped him. Then Jesus said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That's easy for you to say, Jesus. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. I want to talk to you today about the Easter run. Is that all right? Say with me, Easter run. I know some of you eat Thanksgiving. You run on Thanksgiving, but I'm going to talk today about the Easter run. Is that okay? Let's pray. God, we just love you so much. We thank you that, God, out of all 52 Sundays, there's something very, very special about today. I pray for all of our new friends and new family. I pray they would feel at home today. I pray whether we've never set foot in a church our entire life or we come faithfully every week, that you would meet us where we are. I pray whether we have church hurts, family hurts, life hurts, or we're healthy as a horse, whatever that means, that, God, you would meet us here today. We pray your blessing over Oceans Church. We pray blessing over the Los Angeles Lakers next season. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. <sighs> Get that in there. Easter run. Say it with me, Easter run. I was thinking about running, you know. I, I, I was thinking, you know, when you're a kid versus an adult, Somehow we, uh, I don't know what age it happens, but there's somewhere along the way that we stop caring about our speed. Now, when you're a kid, I don't know what it is. I have a seven-year-old, almost a seven, seven-year-old this week. She's six right now. This is her, it's my Chloe's last week of being six. And uh, six-year-olds, they live a crazy life. They're learning how to read. They're learning cursive. All their friends' teeth are falling out. And they somehow know in any given classroom who the fastest person in the room is. And it's interesting, all five and six-year-olds, they know what pair of shoes are the fastest. Chloe often reminds me, Dad, these are my fast shoes. Sometimes I look at Rich and I say, babe, these are my fast shoes. See these puppies here? That's why I wore them today. My fast shoes. Where's your socks? My eyes are up here, Okay. Or your fast shoes. I was thinking about this. Little kids, they have, they have their fast shoes. 
somewhere along the way, we lose our desire to run. I don't know when it takes place, but somehow kids versus adults, you know, we, we, we go from loving to run, looking for every excuse to run, and you grow up and it's like, you don't want to race anymore. When you're a little kid, you're like, how my name is Mark. You want to race? You want to race? Mom, we're going to race. Come over here. We're going to race. Stand right there. Let me know who wins. We're racing. Dad, I'm faster than that kid. We go to any environment, Chloe's like, Dad, I'm faster than them. I'm like, how do you know? She's like, we've raced. Can you imagine if adults did this? You walk into the boardroom first day of work, you're like, hey, lunch break, come on, let's go race. Take your blazer off, brother, we're going. I'm going to find out who the king of this office is. It's so crazy. Grown-ups, they don't, they don't run. You stop running when you grow up. We only, the only adults you ever see running are those competing, exercising, or in an emergency. Can we agree on this? If you ever see a grown-up running, especially full speed, I could not tell you the last time I've ran full speed. Can you? When you're a little kid, it's every day. Every day, full speed. Adults never run in full speed. People say, Mark, how often do you exercise? I say, I've been walking with the Lord for about 20 years now. Changed my diet. I'm eating only fruit in the morning, only fruit loops. And uh, I'm telling you, I just, I'm at a point in my life that I'll do whatever it takes to have the perfect body except eat less and exercise. Come on. Who believes that? I think many times we don't like to run. Running is uncomfortable. Running is something as an adult that's a little bit jolting. You're a little bit winded. But some reason in the first Easter, there is a ton of cardio going on. From Orange County, I'm reading this with an Orange County mentality. I'm like, there's a lot of cardio going on in the first Easter. Everybody's running. Mary and Mary, they see Jesus and they go full sprint. I am convinced they are so out of breath just outside of the garden that Jesus has to appear to them and say, just take a breather. Grab your inhaler, Mary, okay? You're going to be okay. I need you alive to tell the disciples. They're running. They tell Peter and the disciples. Peter hears their report. He starts running. And in the book of John, chapter 20, it says that they both ran. John and Peter ran. The funny part is John is the author of the book and he wants you to know that he outran Peter. He's like, Peter took off first. I caught him. He's like, the one that Jesus loved. That's convenient. A little bit of a humble bragger there. Not only was I the one that he loved, but I was the one that was the fastest. Matter of fact, I had to wait for Peter to show up. Because I got there so dang early. Fast. Sparks coming off my Tebus. Just, just, just wild speed. He's running. It says that Jesus would appear to two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus. They were sad. We know why. One of their names was Cleopas. That's why he was sad. Tough name. Cleopas walks with Jesus for a few miles. At the end of the conversation, Jesus reveals himself to him. And they said, did our hearts not burn inside of our ribcage when he talked to us? And you know what they did? They turned around and they began to, like Forrest Gump, I was running. They start running back to tell the disciples. Everybody is running, running everywhere. Why are we running so much? There is something so world-shaking, something so universe-transforming, 
that had taken place that very first Easter that everyone was so excited they began to run. How many believe that he's still worth running for? Oh, I'd say 10 people believe it if you're in the room today. Who believes that Jesus is still worth running for today? These early followers were shook. They were trembling. They were amazed. They were terrified. Mary and Mary were like, what is going on? This is wild. And they had this euphoric experience with this angel. And they start running in the middle of their run. They have an encounter with Jesus. I believe that it still happens today that if you will walk with God, if you will run with God, he will encounter you today. Good spot for an amen. If I can get a Pentecostal amen, I'll take a Baptist head nod. I'll take a Presbyterian eyebrow raise. I'll take a Latter-day Saint deep breath. Come on, give me something today. I am persuaded that the early, early first Easter was so powerful because these two women walked into what they expected to be a tomb with a body in it, only to find an empty tomb with folded clothes. Notice that his clothes weren't like thrown off the bed like you in the morning when you throw your sheets off the bed and they're all messy on the ground. Notice that they were folded neatly, which tells us that there was no struggle when Jesus decided to leave the earth. He had a vacated cocoon. Clothes were folded. Women peek in. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Angel like lightning begins to speak. They get terrified and amazed. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. This is the scariest thing I've ever seen. And I want you to know that serving God is very much like that still today. It is the most terrifying thing that you can do with your life because it's dangerous to serve God. It's dangerous to follow God. I thought I was safe. No, it's dangerous. You ask a little shepherd boy by the name of David. You ask David, was it safe to serve God? No, it was dangerous. You know the most dangerous place to live? In the middle of God's will. But you know what the safest place to be is? In the middle of God's will. That day when the nine-foot giant looked at him and taunted him, it was dangerous, but it was also safe. Can I get a witness in here? I'm fired up, man. I feel the coffee kicking in. I don't mean the Holy Ghost. I don't know. I'm excited that God literally back then, first Easter, he, he accosted these two women, and their response was they got a message that sent them running. Notice that notice the, the greeting of the angel. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down today. Why do we run today still? Why is the resurrection of Easter? Why is this big deal? Why do people make such a big deal about Jesus? New York Times did an article this week saying, hey, let's stop celebrating any gods. Let's give up on all gods. God is the reason why there's wars and there's problems in the world today. I would say that's the reason why there's some wars in the world, but it's not the reason why Jesus, Jesus does not create wars. He is the prince of what? I don't know, to, I don't know who you are, but the last time I checked, Jesus is the prince of... And I want you to know that he is not the problem of the world. He is the solution of the world. God so loved the world that he, he loves the world. Doesn't hate the world. God didn't send his son to punish the earth. He sent his son to reward the earth. The reason why God sent his son was he wanted to treat Jesus like you and I deserve to be treated. So that he could treat you and me the way that he wanted to treat his son. This is the gospel. These women were running. Say with me, running. Why were they running? Well, I think they were running because the first thing you do when you experience the resurrected Jesus is you get the same message that the angel gave Mary. He said, do not be afraid. I believe that when you encounter the resurrected Lord, it has a way of dissolving the fears of life away. You know what every human being fears when you're growing up? 
the death, eternity. Some of you are like, I don't believe in heaven. Well, being in the dirt forever is still spooky. Can we agree on that? Really? No, it's not. Yes, it is. The thought of thinking about eternity. Yeah, think about it right now. You'll have an out-of-body experience leads you to a panic attack. There is something about eternity that our, our minds cannot wrap around it. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that he put eternity in the hearts. You know in your heart you're going to live forever, but your head cannot gauge it. It's like trying to explain calculus to ants. They do not get it. Or to me. Come on. Let's be honest. Who am I kidding? Say with me. Do not be afraid. I think it's funny that he would tell him this. Kind of the irony of an angel in an empty tomb after a crucifixion talking to a woman that was formerly demon-possessed. And him saying to her, do not be afraid. I'm like, uh, actually, our leader just got arrested, publicly, brutally beaten, nailed to a wooden cross, suffocated in his own blood until he surrendered his spirit. Now he's gone, and now you're here. I thought this is a great time to be freaked out. But what does the resurrection do? It creates a fearlessness. Because you, when you know that Jesus overcame death 2,000 years ago, we no longer have to be fearful of it. And when you're not scared to die, you can begin to live. Oh, I wish I could preach today. Many people never live because they're scared to die. But all of the early believers of Jesus were not scared to die. Sawn in half, amputated, literally thrown to lions, thrown in boiling oil. Peter was crucified upside down. The apostle Paul was decapitated. And none of them were willing to deny that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Somehow cowards in an upper room, hiding after the, after the crucifixion, somehow began to take their shirts off and beat their chest as heroes because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was the cross and Christ res- raised from the dead and the infilling of the Holy Spirit that made the early apostles fearless men and fearless women. Can I get an amen? I believe this. And some of you are so scared of everything. Scared of viruses, scared of economies, scared of wars, scared of rumors of wars. I know the world is crazy. I know that you watch CNN, Fox News. It's like watching SNL. It's like, is this Saturday Night Live? No, it's real life. I don't know when I watch the news if I should laugh or I should cry. A little bit of both. But the Bible says, do not be afraid, for I have overcome. We live in a world that is broken, but we have a Savior that is perfect. I wish, come on, if you believe it today, give him a good hand clap for a second. Where does our help come from? It comes from the the maker of heaven and earth. Do not be afraid. He says on the cross, it is finished. What's finished? All of your sin. You know, you can't answer as an atheist, agnostic. You can't answer this. What do you do when you do something wrong? Well, you just got to do more good than bad. You ask most atheists, non-believers, they go, you know, basically eternity, there is a heaven, there's nirvana. Uh, basically it's going to be like getting on a scale and if your good outweighs the bad, you get in. If it doesn't, they reject you. I'm like, okay, well, who's, who's grading? Is it on a curve? I like curve tests growing up. Come on. Or is this like, who, who are we gauging against? Trying to merit good that outweighs bad is like trying to swim from Laguna to Oahu. You might be able to swim further than some of your friends. You might be in better shape than a lot of your neighbors. 
You might say you're a better moral person than most of your friends and family, but the truth is, even in the best shape of your life, that chasm is too great for you to cross. And I want you to know that you will never do enough good to, to, to level up and to measure up against God's perfection. He's not grading on a curve. He's grading on the sins of Adam and the, and the redemption of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we know this. Do not be afraid because on the cross he said what? It is finished. What's finished? Your debts, my debts paid for in full by Jesus. How many believe that Jesus paid for all your past sins? You guys believe that? Yeah. cavalier hand claps like yeah those guys are kind of cool like you deserve hell like we were born under a fallen nature because of one man's disobedience and jesus did what we could not do for ourselves it's good news so we know this it's finished but beyond that we we run because we run because we're not afraid and we can run because the greatest reason to run is to seek jesus these women began, runner, began running because of their pursuit of Jesus. Mary Magdalene was there at the life of Jesus. Luke documents that she was a follower. She was a funder. And she was there when he was crucified. She was there when he was buried. And she seemed to be there on the very, very first day that he rose. She was the first eyewitness of Jesus. Are you with me today? This is a big deal. Why Mary? Mary was a formerly demon-possessed woman. Now, for all of you skeptics that think the Bible is some fictitious book with rainbows and unicorns and... What well, does have rainbows, actually? <laughs> that was wrong. That, was, that didn't play well. <laughs> Tough crowd. Fairies, unicorns, the Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny. Yeah, and then Jesus raised from the dead. If you're writing a fictitious book, ladies and gentlemen, what I would like to tell you is you do not make women who in Jewish customs and Roman law are not worthy in that time period to actually be uh, witnesses. You actually could not, as a woman, testify in court because back then it was a male-driven society. So if you are writing a fictitious book in a male chauvinistic society, you do not write a, fi you do not write a fake book and make women the star heroes. That would be a little bit of a stupid thing to do. The world would laugh at your literature. They would say, who saw Jesus first? The greatest climax of the gospel stories is the resurrection. Who saw him first? Who preached the risen Lord first? I don't believe that Jesus can use women to preach the gospel. The first preacher of the gospel was a formerly demon-possessed woman. Put that in your theological pipe and smoke that. That'll blow every religious spirit out of the tents. He used a formerly demon-possessed woman, said, you'll preach the resurrection first. You're going to be an apostle to the apostles, Mary. What? Yeah, he picked someone that no one would pick to share something that no one would believe, even if it was a man. But Mary comes in, shoulders back, and says, I've seen the Lord. Somehow, when everybody else didn't believe, Peter did. And I want you to know that there is still power when we live our lives running to seek Jesus. I'm telling you today, this is so powerful that Mary had this encounter. She was faithful. She followed him. She funded him. She was the last one at Calvary and the first at the tomb. 
I believe that when we live our lives to run seeking after God, the devotion of our hearts will be rewarded in God in life. This is so powerful. And we run beyond this. I believe that when you run to seek Jesus, you will eventually come and see. The Bible reads in, in Acts chapter 2, it says, And all who call on the name of the Lord shall be. You know what's crazy? The Bible's very clear that if you ask, you'll, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll. If you knock, the door will be. You know why most people never have encounters with God? Because they never knock, never ask, and never seek. But if you do run after him today and you say, God, I, I'll tell you the craziest prayer you could pray today if you're an atheist is a prayer like this. God, if you are real, prove it to me. Jesus didn't want to die 2,000 years ago so you could wear some jewelry about his death. He doesn't want to hang around your neck. He wants to live inside of your heart. Are you hearing me? If you're wearing a cross right now, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks at you. I'm not wearing this again. I, I want you to know that we come and see. The angelic invitation was this. Where he was, he is no longer. Come and see. Do you know that today, Christianity can be summed up like this. Come to Jerusalem, see where he was, he is there no longer. My grandma was a missionary. She started the first churches of her denomination in Japan. She went to China. She was in the Philippines. She spent her life overseas. She had tea with high priests and Buddhist monks in temples. She met with Hindus. She met with all these different religious leaders. And as a single woman in the 1940s and the 1950s, in this, this old world, she would meet with these religious leaders and say, you know what the difference is between my Jesus and your Muhammad? My Jesus versus your Buddha. And she would very lovingly say, we can go to where your deity is buried and his bones are still in the ground. We can go to where he was, but where he was, he is there no more. And I believe that is the message of Christianity, is that where he was, he is no more. Where he was buried, where he was, he is no more. Where he was, he is, come on, say with me, no more. Come and see, come and see for yourselves. And I believe that Christianity has gone from, from one formerly demon-possessed woman to out of, to, to of 7.8 billion on the earth, over 3 billion, over, I think it's over 30-something percent of the earth's population, acknowledges some sort of faith. It is the largest belief system in the world. How do you start a world-changing religion from a hero that wasn't funded, didn't come out of an Ivy League university, wasn't, wasn't out of an academic, uh, scholarly environment. Didn't go to kings or governors, famous entrepreneurs, media influencers. We know that Christianity didn't originate in Ivy League libraries, in political capital buildings, in big tech boardrooms. It wasn't a celebrity mastermind gathering. It was a tomb next to a garden with a former carpenter that had a ministry funded by women. We know that this guy died a murderer slave's death. And I want you to know if you're starting a world movement, you don't want your leader to die a slave's murderer's death. Hey, you want to follow the guy that was crucified like a slave murderer? Uh, no. But somehow it wasn't as just his death, it was the way that he rose. To every skeptic in the room, I would tell you this. If Jesus didn't get out of the grave, you would never know his name. The reason why you and I know his name with the rest of the earth and no one has stirred more hearts, created more controversy, no name is more famous than his name. Doesn't mean anything, preacher. Yes, it does.
There's no power in his name. Then why do you use it when you cuss? Why? Why don't you say Buddha when you cuss? Why don't you shout Muhammad when you cuss? Could it be that the only name given to humanity by which men can be saved is Jesus Christ? And even if you don't honor the name, you feel the power in it. Oh, I feel something in here today. I dare you to give him a shout of praise if you love his name. We go and tell. We go and tell. See, they came to see, and then you begin to go and tell. Christianity gets boring when we just come and see, and we never go and tell. You know why some of you lost your first love? Because you tasted, you've seen, but you've never gone and told. None of my friends know I'm a believer. Then you're probably not. So mean, but it's so true. Jesus said, if you don't, if you don't acknowledge me in front of your homies, your homegirls, your business colleagues, if you're ashamed of me, when you're sitting in your castles, your mansions, your boardrooms, in your businesses, if you're, if you're embarrassed about me, he said, one day I'll be embarrassed about you. Don't you get shy about your faith. Christianity is a come and see, and then it's a go and tell. Come and see. Now go and tell somebody. Go tell somebody. Go. I don't know the Bible. Just tell them what he did in your life. I don't have a testimony. Yes, you do. What changed when God encountered you? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimonies, by the word of their testimonies, by the word of their testimonies. This is where God found me. I came and saw on Easter, and I spent the last year going and telling. I feel like someone today is going to have a resurgence in your faith because you're no longer going to be embarrassed. Well, I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm a Christian. People say Christianity is for weak people. You're just so weak, you can't live without God. Jesus is your crutch. I'm like, yes, he is. I hope he breaks your legs. <laughs> lovingly, lovingly. Listen, you might make fun of my crutch because I believe in Jesus, but I'll tell you right now, it takes more faith to not believe than it does to believe. How do you say such an audacious thing? Because if I'm wrong, I miss out on nothing. If Jesus isn't real, if he didn't get out of the grave, and I believe, guess what? I'm going to be dead like you are forever and no consequences. I miss out on nothing. I have a good life. I'm honest. I'm a good neighbor. I pay my taxes. You want to live by me? I'll take your trash out. But if you're wrong and you disregard Jesus in the Bible, and if you are wrong, you miss out not only in this life, but you miss out on the next. It takes much more faith to not believe than it does to believe. I feel something in here today. Well, I just can't. I don't know if I can deal with this God. I, I don't know if I can run to him. I want you to know the reason why we run to God is because he first ran to us. Jesus dying was him running to us. Jesus raising was him running to us. You know what's crazy in the Bible? All types of running. I mentioned a lot of them already. Paul said, I fought the good fight. I finished running my race. We know that it says that in, in Hebrews 12, that for the joy, uh, it says that therefore since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every snare that so easily trips us us uh, up and let us run. Let us what? Run. Do you know why we run? Paul says, I run with purpose in every stride. You and I were never made to live accidental, just meandering lifestyles. I just like to wander. Wandering is a curse. Did you know that? I want you to know that God never made you to wander through life. You know what the punishment was for, for the one that killed his brother? He sent him to the land of Nod. Nod means wander. 
You know what murderer does? You know what living outside of God's will does? It makes you wander. And God never made you to wander. He made you to live with purpose in every stride. And you will run the race. You will finish your course. You can run. Only when you realize that the Father runs to us first. God never asked us to do anything that he didn't first do for us. Luke 15, verse 20. Prodigal son's on the run. He goes to Vegas. He puts everything on black. He gets the biggest penthouse. Goes to strip clubs. Hires prostitutes. He's living wild. There's more. There's booze everywhere. There's cocaine. There's methamphetamine. Let's make it modern day. Popping pills. Living his best life. Taking mushrooms. Just living as wild as he could. And just like today, if you party long enough, the people that love you in that moment will one day abandon you. And he found himself living with the pigs, eating with the pigs. And it says that he was sitting there and one day realized, oh my gosh, this is a terrible life. I had more living in my dad's pool house than I ever did living here without my father. I'm going to go to my dad and say, I made a huge mistake. I wasted your money. I wasted everything you've given me. I've forsaken you. I've neglected you. I've been awful to you. Please make me one of your servants. But Luke 15 verse 20 doesn't say that. It says that when the father saw him a great way off. You know what the father did? You know what you're not supposed to do in the ancient world if you're a patriarch? You're not supposed to run. Running is undignified. But I believe the reason why the apostles ran, the reason why Peter ran, the reason why John ran, the reason why Cleopas ran, the reason why Mary ran, and the reason why you and I can run in life with God is because we serve a father that ran to us. If you believe it today, would you give him 10 seconds of crazy praise? This is the God that we serve. He is a runner. And because he runs, we run. Do you believe that today? Grab a seat. I got three minutes. Use up every minute I got. I see, only, I see some of you guys once a year. I got to utilize this. Listen to me. Before you hop up, unless you're catching an airplane or going somewhere, just hang out. I'll get you out here in a few minutes. It says this. I think many people mis- mis- mistake this because they go, Mark, I think, if you're telling me that we can't coexist, if you're saying to me that my bumper sticker on the back of my Subaru isn't right, that we just can't coexist, why can't all religions just get along? I think it's a fair question. The problem is, is Jesus made claims that do not blend and mesh with everything being the same. It's crazy. We can be civil about this. We can be respectful. We can be kind. But however, we have to be 100% honest that we can't gloss over each other's differences. Jesus and Christianity are different. Would you say with me, different? Well, I don't want to believe in God because there's bad things in the world. Let me talk about it for a second. World religions say this way, save yourself. Go on a three-year missions trip, pass out, pass out these manuals, do these exploits for Allah, for Buddha, live a morally sound life, do more good than evil. All religions spell the same way, D-O, do. They say that, that they say that you have to earn your way. It's crazy that when it pertains to religion, we never tolerate logic and spirituality uh, in the world that we tolerate in spiritual things. For instance, you would never say that all roads lead to Las Vegas. You would never say that all ships go to London. You would never say that all planes and trains go to Sydney. You would never say that because cabs look the same way, they must end up going to the same place. I would say that, yes, there are churches on every corner in some states, 
But just because they look the same on the outside does not mean the message that they're sharing leads to the same destination. Just like boarding a plane, planes look the same, but you got to know where they're going. World religions are different. They lead to different destinations. For instance, without throwing rocks today, just telling the truth in love. Judaism denies the New Testament. It sees salvation as a judgment day decision based upon your morality. They say the Messiah will bring peace to Israel one day. Hindus anticipate multiple reincarnations in the soul's journey through the cosmos. They believe in many gods. All of them are impersonal. We know that Buddhism grades your life according to the Four Noble Truths and the Noble Eightfold Path. Heaven is nirvana and it's yours after multiple reincarnations. Muslims earn. Say with me, earn. They earn their way to Allah by performing the duties of the five pillars of faith. They say that Jesus was not crucified. They deny the Trinity and they raise Muhammad higher than any other prophet. By contrast, 2,000 years ago, Jesus comes as a carpenter, spends three and a half years, dies three days later. He shows himself to more than 500 people, walks the earth for 40 days. 500 people did not hallucinate, ladies and gentlemen. 500 saw him. He blazes a standalone trail void of self-salvation. He clears a one-of-a-kind passage uncluttered by human effort. Christ came not for the strong, but for the... Not for the righteous, but for the sinner. We enter upon confession of our need, not a completion of a deed. His offer stands alone in eternity. A unique invitation in which He works and we trust. He dies and we live. He invites and we believe. Can I get an Amen. I don't know. Why is there evil in the world then, preacher? Because evil has to exist for free will and love to exist. Let me explain it this way really quickly. That if God was to deal with evil, he would have to start with us. You ever think an evil thought? You just had one right now if you said no. You lying. I've seen you drive. Some of you are good at giving one-finger waves. Some of you need to know this today, that evil, if God was to deal with evil, where would he start? at the action level? Is it just dealing with people that hurt kids? Is it just dealing with genocide and world leaders, dictators? Or would you have to go down to cheating to your neighbor, cheating your boss, cheating on your taxes, lying to your spouse? Where would God begin to judge when he was eradicating evil? Evil exists because we have a free will and we have to have a free will because without it, we cannot choose love. God wants us to choose love. But because of that, we have free will. And the price to free will is that we can choose evil. Jesus took all the evil on the cross onto himself. Jesus came to deal with all of that evil. His body was bruised, maimed, and disfigured to deal with the evil of humanity. But we know this. Many people say, I can't deal with it because God, why would he allow evil to exist? I want you to know that if you, if you acknowledge, how many say there is evil in the world? Well, I want you to know today, by acknowledging that there is evil, you're actually acknowledging that there is a God. Because evil can't exist, check me out, without good. Evil only exists because of the lack of a good thing. If good exists, it proves that God exists. You can't have a good purpose. You can't have good without purpose. So let me say it again. You can't have good without purpose. How do you know what a good quarterback is without knowing the purpose of football? You have to know the purpose to know if someone is good or bad. And you need God to know what is good 
or what is bad god is evidence that there is a good god in the in the, in the world how can we say how can we say that god is moral if he kills people some of you say i can't believe in god today because he kills people i would argue and say by what standard are you judging god for being wrong here well it's going to get quiet up in the presbyterian church by what standard can god murder someone it's a question can he really murder somebody if he is the giver of life if christianity is true and we don't cease to exist at the end of our days but we enter from one dimension to another dimension whether we die at 80 years old is he killing us or whether we die as a child we're going from one dimension to another dimension this is wild but many people realize well mark he doesn't kill anybody he takes us from one dimension to the next to be absent from the body is to what be present with the lord well why would he create hell then for us he didn't and the reason why you say this because you don't know the scriptures the scriptures tell us that hell was engineered for, for lucifer it was made for the fallen angels hell was never built for humanity god wants all it says god so loved the not the church friends the the world that he sent his only son it says that god's desire is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth but here's the deal god is so loving that he'll let you choose if god was so good why does he let people go to hell he doesn't let people go to hell he honors your decision today some of you need to decide this is the day that you decide well i don't know if i want to decide listen if god's so good why doesn't he make me because it requires free will to choose love can i show you something if you loved a guy or you loved a girl and you were so in love with them that you started following them you started following them to their work it's getting weird fast in here you start following them to the gym you start following them home you start looking in their windows let's get creepy listen to me where, where, where are you going preacher you got my attention listen at some point if you really love somebody you have to honor space if they don't want you that close you know what God does when you say, I, look, God, you might be real, but I want nothing to do with you. He's not going to force himself on you because love will give you space. But hell is not reserved for people that God punishes. It's actually made for the devil, but people go there that reject his free gift of love. Are you hearing me today? But you choose. I choose. That is the free will that God gave all of humanity. Listen to me today. Why would we run to him? Because he ran to us first. John says that we know him only. We love him because he first loved us. So this is, listen, I need everyone to hone in right now. This is the most important part of the day. Whether you're online or you're in the tents, hear me very clearly right now. This could impact all of eternity for you. And I'd rather offend you today. You're like, that's, that's kind of narrow-minded preacher. I would rather you hear the truth and you make up your mind what you do with it. And I offend you today. This preacher's a little bit too sharp with his speech. I would rather you know the truth and leave with a clear understanding than for you to wake up in eternity surprised saying all these preachers on earth made me feel good but never told me the truth he dealt with sin but you have to receive his free gift I need everybody quietly stand to your feet we're almost done please don't leave I'll have you out here in three minutes three minutes everyone stand up to your feet that was a sorry that was code for stand to your feet you guys good and watch this next week if you really want to know god i dare you to come back next week because we're going to start a, we're, we're, gonna, we're starting a brand new series about knowing god intimately 
And you're going to know about how he knows you, why he knows you, how to pray, how to worship. There's, it's literally going to be the ABCs of getting close to Jesus. So I dare you to come back next week. But watch this. Close your eyes. Look how cool God is right now. Sonia, he's healing you right now. Alfred, right now. Yeah, Timothy, right now. Come on, Joe. Right now, God's doing a deep work in your heart. I dare you to close your eyes. Forget about everybody around you. Come on, we're going to give God three minutes of space. Right now, I dare everyone, come on, everyone, close your eyes. This is a holy moment. If you know the truth is, you haven't been walking with God, let alone running. I want to walk with the Lord, but I'll be honest, I want to run with Him. I want to I hit the ground on the streets of gold in eternity out of breath. Because I didn't just walk with the Lord for 80 years or 90 years, I ran with Him. Here at Ocean's Church, we're not going to just walk, we're going to run. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run. What? They shall what? They're going to run and not grow weary. We're runners here. We're going to run after God. God's going God's to depopulate hell in Orange County. He's going to populate heaven. And we're going to be one of the churches that are part of that mission. Come and see, and then we're going to go and tell. Come on, say it with me. Come and see, and then we're going to go and tell. Can you, can you say this all over the tents today? Say, God, what are you saying to me through this message? Get serious with him for a minute. He's here. I feel the presence online and in the room. You know that you're not running because you're not walking with God. Maybe you used to walk with God and somewhere along the way, you believe the lie that Babylon has something better than the kingdom of Jesus. Today, God is summonsing you home. He's knocking at the door of your heart and says, hey, I'll run to you, but I want you to run to me. James says that we'll draw near to God, that God will draw near to us. So here's the good news. If you choose to run to him, he will begin to run to you. All over the tents, eyes closed, heads bowed. I feel the anointing in here. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I will ask you to raise your hand high to say, Mark, to be honest, I'm not walking with God, let alone running with him. But if Easter was about running because of good news, I want to start running. I want to walk with him and I want to run with him. If that's you today, would you raise your hands all over the tents? I'll give you three seconds. I pray one. Hands are going up all over. I want to rededicate my life today. For the first time, I want to put my faith in him. Two more hands are going up. A lot of bold people in Orange County. Come on, don't be shy. Real high. We're not embarrassed to him. We're not embarrassed today. Real high. Come on. That's me, Mark. Would you pray for me? Three. Real high. All over, all over, all over, all over, all over. Keep it up. Real high. I see four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Real high. 11, 12. Real high. 13, 14, 15. Yeah, 16, 16, 17. Real high. 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 19. Anybody else? 20. I see you in the back there. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. In the back tent, I see 21. Very back tent. Anybody else? Yeah, 22, 23. I see you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Come on, would you give a shout to God today? Today's the day of salvation. Yeah. Online right now, I would dare you to write heart, H-E-A-R-T. If you want to give, actually write this word, run, R-U-N. Lord, today I want to walk with you so I can run with you. Anybody know your kids don't run until they what? We got to start walking with him before we start running with him. But hear me, you go to this church, I want to make a commitment to you. If you make this church your home church, a year from now, you will not recognize what God did in your life. This church will make your sin life uncomfortable. This church is where your sins will go to die. Your old life will be buried and you will rise in resurrection life. I make bold claims today that God will heal sick bodies and sick marriages. You believe it today. Is there anybody that's been touched by God in this church? Come on, give him a shout today. This place will 
get you closer to God. You want to get good at snowboarding? Ride with good snowboarders. You want to get good, good at fishing? Go fishing with Jesse Gold. Come on, you want to get good at real estate? Hang out with Scott or with, with Todd Basmajan. But if you want to get close to Jesus, you go to Ocean's Church. I boldly say this today. Those 20 plus people online, right, run right now, run right now, run right now. Look, there's five or 10 today. Run, 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 run. Rededicate my life all over oceans. Let's pray this prayer with those online today. Come on, eyes closed, heads bowed. Come on, lift your hands towards heaven. Say, Jesus, I want to walk so I can run with you, for you, with my life. Help me to come and see so I can go and tell. I ask you to heal me, remove any spirit of fear, of death, so I can begin to live. I ask you today, fill me with your spirit and let the same spirit that got Jesus out of the grave quicken my mortal body. I'm going to heaven and help me to bring heaven to earth in Jesus Christ's name. You believe that? Come on, good say it, amen right now. That's awesome. So many people get in touch. Well, come on, give, give me a real hand clap if you believe Hey! so good so good last thing we do we do this every service at oceans church this separates us at, at, at times from other churches some say mark miracles stop with the early apostles the problem is there's no verses in the bible that back that up as far as we can see the last two thousand years ago wherever there's been faith people have been healed so if you need a physical healing i don't believe in miracles then you're gonna have to cut and paste one third of the gospels Jesus went and fed people, he met their needs, he preached the kingdom, and then he healed their bodies. If you need a physical healing, leg to grow, cancer to die, mind to be renewed, depression to be broken, this is the place we believe. Well, preacher, does everybody get healed? No. But do some? You better believe it. Who's ever been healed in this church? Raise your hand, real high, real high, real, real high, real. Look around real quick. I did not pay off these people did I give you all $20 bills? And I said, guys, there's going to be a point in the service. Raise your hand high. I didn't do that. This is the spontaneous. Who has been healed in this church? Raise your hand. Like really healed. I'm not talking about like, I felt good. I felt tinglies. Who got physically healed? Look around for, I want you to look around. For, look, just look. Just, just look at it. Come on, Ed, ba Ed Bassmaster would say, just look at it. Just look at it. Look at all over this tent. Hands everywhere. Why? Because he's still healing today. So with that in mind, if you need a healing in your body, lift your hands. We'll be done. It doesn't take long for God to move. There's faith that's rising right now. If some of you want to get pregnant, raise your hand. If some of you have been having miscarriages, come on, raise your hand. We're praying right now today. Some of you, yeah, you, you have like this intestinal disease in your body. Come on, today. Raise, I dare, put it up. Just keep it up. If you really want to get healed, come on, get hungry right now. Come on, I really, I believe I have autoimmune disease, Lyme disease. I have this bacteria in my body. Come on, raise your hand. You have depression, you're suicidal. I dare you to raise your hand. Addicted to pornography, I dare you. Come on, God can set you free. Heroin addiction, no match for Jesus Christ. Raise your hand. Any type of healing, any type of touch, lift it as high as you can. Keep it up. If someone's hands up next to you, we do this at Ocean Church. Lay your hand on their shoulder. We'll be done. Lay your hand on their shoulder. It takes one quick prayer, one touch of contact, one point of contact right now. Ocean's hands on everyone that has, everyone that has their hand up needs to get someone on them right now. Right here, come on. Come on, Zach, right here. Zach, right here, right here. Come on, just lay hands on everybody that has their hands up. Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, at the cross, 
you paid for everything. I invite you, Spirit of the living God, to heal every disease, to touch every broken part, their mind, their spirit, and their body. Do what no one else can do and get all the glory for your signs, your wonders, your miracles. Heal now. In Jesus' name, we pray. And God's people said a hearty amen. Come on, I dare you to give them 10 seconds of crazy praise. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.